Welcome to the Lads NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. With your hosts, Joel Bunkle and Cora Beland. Welcome to the Lads Fantasy Football Podcast, an Australian fantasy football podcast that brings you all the news and analysis you need to keep your fantasy team relevant this year. We're hitting the business point of the season. Teams are sliding, teams are rising. If you've had a few matchups in a row where you've lost, this is your episode. Corb, how are you tonight? I'm sitting pretty over here. Coming off two wins this week. Me too. Yeah. We're back in the winning circle over here. This is a, it's it's I mean that's that's new new ground for me. I mean, you've been doing pretty well this season. Right. Well, hopefully these winning vibes spill out into the episode today. I think it's going to go well. Yep. So uh, you're not on the slide. You, have you definitely noticed there's a few teams in, in leagues that are on the slide at the moment? Yes, definitely. Our old mate, Neil. Poor guy's been on the slide the whole season, it seems. But yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been tough. Um, there's definitely some teams in the NFL that are sliding also. Absolutely. And some that just started on the slide from the start, which being the Dolphins. Uh, they had a good game today. Well, so when I say a good game, it was a good quarter. It was the first quarter. They go two touchdowns up, and then the owners, who come, yeah, the call comes down to the bench. Whoa, easy. We don't want to win here. We don't want to win this. We can't afford to be winning. Yeah, you can't say it was the Steelers, right? Because they haven't back exactly been an amazing team this year, as if they were to, able to just come back without any tips. But um, I don't know. They've got a lot of draft picks coming up in this next season. I think they're lining up for something. Let me, let me let me paint you a picture at the point where I knew that they're tanking, right? And it, and it was when they were two touchdowns up and the message has come through, no, nah, we can't be this far up. The Steelers, Mason Rudolph, they're on offense. They're third and 20. Third and bloody long, right? And the Dolphins, they run a cover zero. No safeties. Just full blitz. Of like the, the one opportunity like, you know, Play Benjamin, go back a bit, put a few safeties in, just make sure they don't get the 20. Explain, explain to our listeners what a cover zero is. Right, so basically um, they rush almost eight guys into the quarterback, um, leaving like two deep safeties or none? Do they no. not have any on that play? Zero deep safeties. Oh, wow, that's insane. <laughs> Would not have guessed that. Pretty rough move. I did see the memes come through on Twitter, so it was... Uh, Pretty intense. The Bears also had a, another heartbreaking loss. It's becoming a bit of a recurring theme for them. Lost uh, by missing a field goal right at the end. Uh, the trials and tribulations of Chicago kickers continues. It's hard to be a Bears fan any year, really, but this year especially, it seems. No good luck coming their way. <laughs> Some okay. pretty good videos, if you haven't searched those, of uh, Bears fans' reactions. We just watched one earlier. Oh, we love the reaction <laughs> videos. You just got to... You just got to get onto that, that Facebook NFL memes page, and that is absolute glory, that is. Um, and the other one that stood out to me this week, the 49ers. Are they a real deal now? They obliterated the Panthers this week, Corb. You gave them a serve last week for a, a non-touchdown game um, against the Redskins. But this week, they've come in and they've gone 51-13 to 13 in, and, and delivered Kyle Allen his first pick. Are you impressed yet? Well, I'm definitely impressed with Tevin Coleman, who's, I'm, who's owned by me in one of my leagues. Four touchdowns on the day definitely helps with that 51-point score run-up. Mm-hmm. But um, we've been waiting for this from the 49ers. It seemed like they'd just been sneaking by with that solid defense, but 
This was a showing, that's for sure. And the Panthers' defense isn't anything to laugh about, necessarily. So um, they just turned it on. It was, it was fun to watch, that's for sure. But all right, owners, you know the score tonight. Headlines and news, grinners and sinners, the trading block, and, of course, a dive into the waiver wire. Shall we get this party started? Launch a carb all the way to the news. Headlines and news. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the news. This is our segment where we're going to run through the happenings of the last week. There's definitely been a few. Some interesting ones of note. Um, And a big thing for fantasy owners and NFL owners is that the trade deadline is looming. So a couple trades have been made in the last week or so. First one is a trade out of Miami, which... We knew a lot of the guys on that team have been calling for that type of deal, and Kenyon Drake is the first one to make his exit. So he's been traded to the Cardinals in lieu of a recent injury with Chris Edmonds, um, and of course David Johnson, who's still carrying an ankle injury. So that's a pretty decent move for the Cardinals. Kenyon Drake, probably a guy underperforming on an underperforming team, but potential for him to get some carries, especially here in the interim. Yeah, if Edmonds and DJ are out uh, this coming week, he's going to get that workload. Um, hopefully can win the playbook quickly. Right. Going to be hopefully leaning on his athleticism, but we'll have to see. Uh, another quick trade. Mohamed Sanu traded away from the tanking Atlanta Falcons up to the Northeast with the New England Patriots. So the Patriots had a new weapon at wide receiver. How many receivers have they added this season? It seems like they don't really care who it is. Um, just somebody who can catch the ball. I mean, I know Josh Gordon was making an exit potentially. Um, he's been out with his injury, and it's looking like he'll be tossed to the waivers. So be looking out for him to come back on a different team than New England. Because he's on IR at the moment, so we're going to have to wait for him to come off IR to then ditch him. But that experiment doesn't seem to have uh, worked out for them. Yeah, not quite. They've had a couple experiments. Antonio Brown hasn't been in the headlines lately, but uh, there's his chance to be named once again. Um, but yeah, we'll see how Mohamed Sanu goes. Joe Flacco uh, was not happy after the Broncos game. Uh, he's, for the first time, he's kind of come out and he's let his thoughts be known. He was uh, in his post-game presser frustrated that uh, the team was afraid to go for it. Uh, to go for it, you know, two-minute drill. Um, Calling it, somebody out, <laughs> right? Um, you know, they're now two and six. Um, by all accounts, a lot of the players who were interviewed in the rooms afterwards. Uh, agreed with Flacco, um, so bit of uh, bit of disunity between the coaching staff and the players at the Broncos, which I suppose you would expect at two and six. Yeah, yeah, hoping hoping for a turnaround, um, but it might be a little bit too late for them. Fine with me, poor donkeys. Um, but anyways, another big return this week. Drew Brees is back from injury, quick recovery from that thumb and hand injury that had him sitting for a few weeks. Um, Teddy Bridgewater owners, definitely be aware of that, Um, especially if you started him this week. Hopefully no one did. Um, But yeah, had a very solid outing in his return. Um, How did you go with him, Joel? I saw you swiped him up off the waivers. I swiped him in our league. I swiped him off the waivers. He sat on my bench. I wasn't quite confident enough to play him because there was still a little bit of a question mark over him. Um, He wanted to play, just whether he was going to play was a whole other question. but he did, and he, he, he did really well. I think he put up 25, 26 points within the top 10 players for the week. Um, 
So I'm excited now. I've got like he's got to buy next week, so I'm going to have to be a bit patient. But uh, looks like I've got a starting quarterback for the rest of the season. I can stop my streaming option, which is uh, nice. So I was happy with that. Um, it's not bad halfway through the season. Scoop up a good starter. That's it. That's it. Um, someone who won't be starting is the uh, the Chargers OC, who's been fired during the week. Ken Wisenhunt uh, has been shown the door, and uh, the QB coach there. Shane Streetian is uh, looking like he's going to be the main play caller out there with obviously head coach having a bit of input as well. But uh, the Chargers, it just hasn't quite clicked for them this season, has it? Yeah, it's been a tough story. Obviously, the Melvin Gordon dramas, a couple injuries happening. Austin Eckler has been a shining star for them. But um, no, they just haven't found their rhythm at all. So midway through the season, something's got to change. That means somebody's got to leave. Do we pick up any new injuries this week, Harp? Yeah, there were a few. Um, Brandon Cooks is out with a concussion, his second of the year, which, depending on his response and the concussion protocol, could see him sitting for at least a week. It's pretty serious when you're getting two in a year. Just football aside, uh, just on your health, I would imagine, is uh, quite taxing. Yeah, and it leaves you vulnerable. It'd be smart of him uh, to keep himself safe and sit out. But, yeah, Brandon Cooks' owner's... Sad story there. How do you reckon that affects the equation at the Rams? You know, Cooper Cup has been the guy. Um, I don't think it hurts the situation too much at all, to be honest. Probably helps Robert Woods a little bit. Robert Woods, right, who hasn't had necessarily a standout season. But um, he's been available uh, and will be definitely able to step up, I would say. A couple other injuries um, at the running back position. The rookie, Miles Sanders, who had his, one of his first breakout games, went down with a shoulder um, and did not return to the game. So we'll see. Um, hopefully he makes a quick recovery. And also Chase Edmonds, uh, the, the guy stepping in for David Johnson in, in Arizona, um, went out with a hamstring, hence the trade move that we just spoke about with Kenyon Drake. Yeah, watch that situation very closely, I think. Um, one of the maybe not so relevant fantasy injuries of the week, uh, but you know, we're a big fan of his work here is JJ Watt with the Texans who uh, injured his peck and uh, revealed uh, and announced this week that he's done for the season, which is, uh, I suppose, does have an impact on the Houston defense. Um, but never, never good to see a much loved player like that go out with uh, an injury that takes him for the whole season. Yeah, he's an absolute stud. He's had a few season ending injuries. So it's not the first time for him that he's had to bow out. It's always tough to see, but hopefully Houston can pick up the space that he's going to live, and it will be big. Um, a few ones to round out the list. Didi Westbrook, wide receiver out in Jacksonville, out with a neck, in, neck or shoulder injury. Um, he was dealing with some issues uh, for a couple weeks now that had left him questionable, but um, hopefully we'll see him back. Matt Breda. Running back for the 49ers, out with an ankle. Sam Darnold, QB for the Jets, out with a thumb. Marquise Lee, another Jacksonville wide receiver, out with a shoulder. And Jeff Wilson Jr., out with a head injury. And there's a, there's a whole raft of players. This list is quite impressive of uh, players who are either returning or soon to be returning. Um, talking about Kamara, who's missed the last couple of weeks, and uh, Latavius Murray owners will be very stoked with that. They're talking about him returning after the Week 9 bye. Um, David Johnson likely to be out for Week 9 with that ankle injury. AJ Green after the Week 9 bye. Finally, um, some game time for AJ Green by the looks of it. Um, 
The Redskins are hopeful for Chris Thompson for week nine. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is coming back. He's going to steal some of that uh, that shining light from the recently traded Emmanuel Sanders at the 49ers. Patrick Mahomes is on track for a week 10-11 return. Um, they're hoping, the Vikings are hoping that Thielen is uh, coming back in week nine. Uh, Devontae Adams is still questionable. And Cam Newton, which is, I think this is big news considering they got absolutely pants by San Fran. He actually travelled with the team for the first time uh, since sustaining an injury. Um, and he's been a lot more active at training in the last week. So looks like Cam Newton's return could be uh, not too far away, Carl. Yeah, pretty imminent. That was a pretty long list you've just run through. But I guess halfway through the season, you've got to expect it. Um, it's a rough game these guys are playing. So um, keep an eye out for these big names coming back. Some big names. Um, some, I think some of the people who have benefited from some of those injuries will uh, be a little bit sad to seeing some of those names coming back. Yeah, definitely a few, but um, I'll definitely be happy to see Pat Mahomes make his return. Um, the Chiefs have been not necessarily drowning, but um, definitely not swimming with form after he's been away. So uh, it'll be nice to see the offense pick back up with his return. And with that, let's move on to our Grinners and Sinners section. Grinners and Sinners. All right, let's have a look at our top and bottom players of the week. We're going to start with our top Grinners this week, the uh, the most high-performing players of the week. Uh, the leagues that we're looking at are mainly a half-point PPR leagues. So in a PPR league, the scores will be a little bit higher, and in a standard league, they'll be a little bit lower. Um, but generally, the order is about similar. So... Our top scorer this week, Corb, was Aaron Jones. He had a, another massive game with 38.1 points, two touchdowns, a total of 226 yards and seven receptions on the day. A mighty fine effort. My goodness. Yeah, not the first time he's been on this list either. No. And not the first time he's been at the top, I would reckon. And another one, number two on the week, is also not a, an unfamiliar name in Mike Evans. At Tampa Bay, he put up 37.3 with two touchdowns, 198 yards and 11 receptions on the day. Um, he's starting to find a little bit more form, still a little bit boom or bust, but I'll tell you what, the boom is pretty big. Um, so I'd say a lot of Mike Evans winners uh, owners would have won their week, as well as Aaron Jones, I guess. Um, the other standout this week, as you mentioned earlier in the show, Tevin Coleman for San Francisco, four touchdowns on this week with 36.8 points on the week. Only 118 yards, uh, so obviously the touchdown's making up some points there. Uh, Latavius Murray with 32.3, really taking advantage of the uh, Elvin Kamara absence uh, to put up two touchdowns, 157 yards, and nine receptions. And Cooper Cup having another good week with uh, 31.3 points. Touchdown, 220 yards. That's pretty phenomenal as on seven receptions. So I think this is, might be one of the first weeks where we haven't had a quarterback in the top five, Corb. Yeah, pretty fantastic. Um, the young guy, Daniel Jones, finished with 28 points um, on the week, four touchdowns, 322 yards, looking great. Um, Deshaun Watson also finishing in the top 10 um, with 27.76 points, three touchdowns and 279 yards. As expected, Deshaun Watson's been a star. Um, great to see him on the list. I think Lamar Jackson is out this week, so he won't make the top QB list, but he's almost always there as well. Um, Aaron Rodgers did some damage to the Chiefs defense 
this week with 27 points, three touchdowns, and 305 yards. And then Drew Brees in his return, 25.95 points, three touchdowns, and 373 yards. That is such a great and classic Drew Brees stat line. I feel like you can just be banking on that week in, week out. And then lastly, to to finalize the list, um, one of our top running backs of the season, Dalvin Cook, had another solid game of 25.6 points with touchdown, 171 yards, and five receptions. It's uh, it's quite amazing when you look at some of those running backs in there, and a lot of them are getting the receptions as well as the the running, uh, the rushing attempts and the yards, and that's really what puts those scores into like the boom territory, isn't it, Carl? Yeah, Latavius Murray, nine receptions, so he even had a few more than Dalvin did, and we know with that New Orleans offense, the running backs are getting a lot of screens, so it's a great result. Uh, any of those performances really stand out to you as surprising or unexpected, Carl? Well, not too surprising, but I really love the Latavius Murray play. He's a guy who you would call a handcuff, definitely. Um, someone who you've been riding on your bench waiting for Alvin Kamara to go down, and he's really proving himself. You know, he was a stud for the Raiders. He was a stud up in Minnesota when Delvin Cook was injured. Um, so awesome to see that not just this week, but last week also. Um, he's had a couple of really big games. So, yeah, if you've been stashing Latavius Murray, that's a, a great surprise for you and your team. What about you, Joel? Yeah, I think the one that stands out to me there is Daniel Jones, quarterback at the Giants. Uh, he's the only one on the list that is, uh, I think everyone else on the list is owned in, you know, almost 90% of leagues. So um, Daniel Jones is only owned in 23% of all Yahoo leagues. So he's not highly owned. He's definitely one of those streamable options with the right matchup. But to get four touchdowns, 322 yards on the day and still not win is a bit stiff. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, it's a good performance, good individual performance. Um, strides in the right direction there for the Giants, I would have thought. No, absolutely. No, it was a, a strong week for a lot of guys. They were looking amazing. How about um, some of our centers? Well, a few guys who made the list here. Yeah, Any thoughts? A few, a few that have made the list multiple times this uh, this year. Um, Derek Henry being one of those, only putting up 6.8 points this week. Lev Bell, another one, five points. Zach Ertz. Been funny, his name has been on this list a couple of times this year, and that's not what you come to expect from Zach Ertz, but he kind of be the booms or busts, and it's probably symptomatic of the Philly offense at the moment. He only put up three points this week. Um, the wide receiver roller coaster continues at Detroit. It's either Marvin Jones on this list or it's Kenny Galladay on this list. I'll tell you what, they're both not going to be on this list. One of them's going to go off each week. Uh, Sony Michelle for the Pats, 7.4 would be a bit disappointing. And the uh, the big waiver wire pickup from last week, Ty Johnson for Detroit. Uh, didn't quite live up to the expectations of what everyone had for him. He only put up 4.3 points this week. Well, you know, I had high hopes. I scooped him up, of course. Um, but I was also a carry-on Johnson owner who sadly is out for the season, at least for the fantasy-relevant season, and at least until week 16. So, you know, the, the guy who was meant to step up was Ty Johnson. Um, he was looking like he was going to be the starter, and then we get into the game, and he's not actually the starter. Um, he did carry the ball quite a few times relative to the other players, but it was really a four-back committee throughout the whole game. I don't know. I saw a few, a few headlines that called it early on. I was optimistic and hopeful that Ty Johnson would come through, but it took carry on Johnson a long time to earn the trust of the offensive coordinators there in Detroit. So to think that some 
new name was going to just step in and take all of the, the touches was probably a bit hopeful. You know, I'm not sure if some of our listeners know out there, but there are league settings in uh, some fantasy leagues that allow you to bid each week on the waiver wire prospects. So you get a, a $100 budget for the season and then you can bid against your other owners for the players that you want each week. And um, what usually happens is when there's a, a, a big, especially a running back that comes off and one gets injured or goes on IR, then there's a massive scramble to get the backup. And uh, last, last week, that was Ty Johnson. Um, and I didn't quite see the fuss. I thought, I mean, it makes sense if you're a carry-on uh, carry Johnson owner. But at the same time, carry-on hadn't been putting up great figures as it was. Um, but I saw, I saw a screenshot of someone bidding close to $80 of their, uh, their bidding budget for Ty Johnson. And um, that's tough. That's, uh, that's, your, that's 80% of your budget just gone. <laughs> Yeah, the ROI on that one is definitely not going to live up to the expectations. That's it. Uh, to round out our uh, bottom 10 list of the week, uh, McLaurin, the uh, wide receiver at the Redskins, only putting up 5.9 this week. Uh, a little bit lower than we've come to expect from him. He's, um, you know, he's shown really promising signs as a rookie receiver, and I think uh, into his second and third year will be uh, quite a good WR1 option. Absolutely. One of the um, highlights of a tough season for the Redskins. All right. Let's, uh, let's transition straight into our next segment, which is uh, talking about player values. It's the trading block. The trading block. All right, ladies and gents, it's time for the trading block. This is our weekly look at trades, trade value and player value. And one of the things we try to encourage is for trades to happen at any time and all the time. Uh, it makes things a lot more fun for you and your league, to be honest. Um, and it's getting later and later into the season, so the time is always now. Um, but the goal for this segment is to give you a little bit of a peek into the players that we're eyeing, who we think have some potential to make big moves for you within your league, or some guys that you need to be trading in and trade, cashing in on the value that they might provide you in terms of an incoming player. So let's start from the top. Um, this first guy is someone that we think you need to be adding to your squad. Um, and by we, I mean Joel, definitely. Tell us all about it, Joel. Oh, this is a guy you need to go and get. This is a guy you need to trade for. And you know what? The best thing is about this guy is that he is attainable in a trade. He is not such an elite player that he is impossible to get, impossible to trade for without giving away your best player. He's a, a, a guy that has benefited from a situation which was negative for the team but ended up being positive for him. And I'm talking about the Oakland Raiders' Tyrell Williams. Now, here's a guy who's had a bit of injury, but he's back. And he, in every game that he's started and played this year, um, the five of them, he's scored a touchdown in every single one of them. He's had double-digit fantasy points in half-point PPR formats every game he's played. He obviously definitely benefited from Antonio Brown leaving. Um, and he's got, like, a pretty good run home. You know, this is, a, this is a guy who's getting six, seven targets a game. They're not massive numbers, but he's the guy that the, the Raiders like to go to in the end zone Loves to get a bit of a uh, bit of a touchdown, and you know what? He's uh, he's only ranked the wide receiver thirty three. He has had his bias, so maybe that's a little bit low. Um, but he's put up the same amount of production 
if you uh, if you adjusted it and you gave him like another seven to twelve points on his season, that the names that you're slipping him in with there are, uh, are Larry Fitzgerald, Juju Smith-Schuster, DK Metcalf, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, so some of those were top ten receivers last year who are falling a little bit. Uh, but you know, Tyrell is a guy who is consistent and attainable through trades. He's not going to be sitting on your wi- your waiver wire. Um, but he's consistent. And in these bye weeks, that's what you need. You need some consistency. And he's likely been sitting on someone's bench. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, too, is some of these bench players who could be sitting on a team where they've got a couple solid wide receivers who they are not going to be sitting week in, week out, and they happen to have picked up Tyrell Williams at a great time, means that he might not be available on the waivers, but he could be available in the eyes of his owner. He's not a sexy play, Corb. He, uh, he He's not going to give you a 30-point game. He's not going to go off because the Raiders are just not that good. And I think that's, uh, that's an important thing to keep in mind. But you know, if you if you've had if you've been bitten by the situation where you've you've tried to go for a boom player and like for multiple weeks you've been burned with a single digit return on playing your boom player, maybe it's time to think about at least getting one solid decent floor receiver in your team. And that list of injured players that we've been running through every week is only getting longer. So surely there's a scenario out there where um, you can be capitalizing on Tyrell Williams. There was one more thing I wanted to highlight on this segment, too, is the idea of the run home, right? The remaining schedule. This is something everyone should be keeping an eye on for the remainder of the players on their team, but especially in a trade scenario. Because if you're late in the season um, and if you're trading for a guy who has a buy in his upcoming schedule, that isn't always as, as shiny as what you might be looking for. Or if you're trading away someone who's already had their buy, that adds some value to the scenario. So I really think that's a great point, Joel. Absolutely. And I think um, also for Tyrell's run home with the Raiders, he's not facing any top five wide receiving defense. So um, it's not like he's going to come up with an absolute dud of a game. He has had some tough games. You know, Obviously, the Raiders aren't, um, aren't amazing this year, so they're not... Uh, you know, considered an elite wide receiver offense as is. But, uh, you know, he's getting his. He's getting there. He's putting the points up. So what do you reckon, Corb? I mean, we, we mentioned a few of these players here before. Uh, let's go say like Larry Fitzgerald versus Tyrell Williams. Who would you rather have in that situation going forward? I like Tyrell Williams. Um, I think it's a different story for the run home for the Cardinals. I think it's not looking as great for them in terms of defenses they'll be going up against. Obviously, they've had some difficulties in the running game that haven't been as called for or as um, anticipated by that team. Um, And Kyler Murray, while he's been decent in his first year, the Cardinals offense hasn't been putting up crazy amounts of points. So I would say if you're looking to go out and, and grab Tyrell Williams... Larry Fitz, a guy who has a, has a name behind him and could be of interest to someone on another team, uh, I, would, I would probably stick with Tyrell Williams. I think um, another thing that's interesting about Tyrell Williams, if you compare him to some of the names that he is around and you know, batting about average with being Juju, DK Metcalf, Odell Beckham Jr., DJ Moore, Sammy Watkins, Alshon Jeffrey, all around the mark for where Tyrell Williams is at. And yet Tyrell Williams is a clear wide receiver one at the Raiders. 
And some of those guys are wide receiver twos or one A, one B type scenarios. So, you know, the the only I'd say the major competition that you get for Tyrell Williams at the the Raiders would be someone like Darren Waller. Um, so, you know, you got to look at the opportunities, um, and I think that's probably a good one. Now, you've got one that uh, you think we should be trading away and uh, trying to get some value from before maybe it disappears. Yeah, and this is a guy who's drafted in the first round almost every year for the last few years. Um, he's a running back who has had some impressive seasons under his belt, but hasn't been off to an amazing start in this one. So he could be one who could get some attention from people who are willing to take the gamble on, on his health and on the remainder of the season. Um, and that player is, as we just spoke of, uh, a cardinal. Uh, and his name is David Johnson. So he's currently the number 11 running back. And he's a guy who's been struggling with an ankle injury. Um, it's been a nagging problem. We saw Chris Edmonds come in and he performed well. He handled the load, but now he's been injured. So the story is, is developing even further now with this trade for Kenyon Drake, who has to learn the playbook, is likely not going to be able to step in, in the same way, same way that Edmonds did. And so I think David Johnson is going to have to keep pushing it on that ankle. And I don't know if it's going to be something that he can really come back from in a, in a really strong way to finish the season. Ankles are tough. We've seen a lot of really good running backs go down with high ankle sprains, or ankle issues, so we know it's a big problem for running backs. Yeah, look, he hasn't, and you know, he's, he's a hard, or well, he's a player that has some value because he hasn't had a bad game really this year, except for that game where they started him, Fido, for a couple of, one rushing attempt where he picked up two yards in the game and made all the fantasy owners around the world tell their, tear their hair out. Um, but he hasn't been right for the last couple of weeks. He obviously missed a game against the New Orleans Saints. Um, but probably uh, you mentioned it before about the run home. It's uh, it's a bit of a horror show for uh, for running backs in the Cardinals. Right. Yeah. It's going to be a tough run for them, starting with the San Francisco defense, who has been absolutely stalwart, especially against the running game. Um, Tampa Bay, San Francisco again, the Rams, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and the Seahawks. And the Seahawks maybe they could get a little bit of running space against them but it's mostly been their secondary that's not been so great so I mean it's it's a tough run home but hey it's still David Johnson like you said he hasn't had that many horrible games to where his value is plummeted to zero he's still the RB number 11 on the season and that places him around you know people like uh, Mark Ingram and Derek Henry Um, maybe even James Connor for Pittsburgh um, you know, I suppose most of us would be used to seeing David Johnson in a top five position, right? Absolutely, but it's coming down to this end of the season run, right? Uh, this is where we're going to see some players step up and some others who are going to fizzle out. And at this point in the season, and based on the storyline so far in Arizona, my gamble, my gut tells me that now is a great time before anything terrible happens or any major announcements go down with DJ's health to be scouting out the scene and popping his name into a couple trades. So what's that, what's to talk about some of those trades? And I mean, he's he's going to be difficult to trade for. Obviously, one of the top five guys, unless you're packaging someone else who's pretty decent 
along with him. That's probably too much value to drop out of your team. Um, are there any running backs that are maybe just starting to come on and like we have a real boom second half of the season? Um, you know, what are you expecting out of the likes of Josh Jacobs or Montgomery at the Bears? Uh, are there anyone that you would consider trading for there? I do like both of those guys. I do like Montgomery. He's one who still probably needs one more good game for us to show that he's getting the touches that he needs. Um, but he's definitely one to keep an eye on. So if the trade doesn't happen immediately, and after this week he has another solid game with a lot of touches, I would be going after him. David Montgomery, his rushing attempts this round were pretty impressive, right? Right. I think he was getting up to towards 30. Um, so that's a lot. You that's know, what he, you want to say. He's a young guy, so they were willing to give him the work, but they've been slowly, slowly letting out that leash with him, I think. Um, he's not the only option there in Chicago, but he's starting to see his workload increase. So I would definitely be keeping my eye on him. And another big one who I really love the story behind is Tevin Coleman, a guy who's shown that he has a lot of high potential and is starting to take over that interesting storyline in San Francisco with their running backs. He's starting to take over a lot of the touches, getting a lot more of the ball. And with the end of their season approaching, um, it's looking like he's going to have a lot more chances. So as long as he can stay healthy and Matt Breda stays off the field, a couple other guys, I love Tevin Coleman. I think, And I think owners of him, if, when they see that David Johnson name, would be interested in, in perhaps making the deal. Would you rather have... Uh... David Johnson or Todd Gurley on your team? Oh, that's tough. These are two guys who have proven themselves as backs, but have also had real big struggles with injuries. I would say I'd probably stick with DJ. As long as his ankle comes back, I feel like in terms of not losing share and not having many other options on the team, David Johnson is, is the guy they have to power through with. Whereas Todd Gurley, there's a couple guys waiting in the in the wings to step in and take over his touches, and um, the offense is powerful enough to deal without him. Yeah, that seems to probably be the common thread there with the Cardinals, is that there's not a lot in their receiving core yet that's proven themselves to, to be worthy of like that massive workload. Obviously, Christian Kirk is still developing as a player, and Larry Fitz is heading towards the veteran status if he's not already there. Um, it's a tough one, though, because Gurley is also another one that's had the injury issues, but he's not really had many boom games this year. He's only had the one game over 20 points. And for, you know, who was like an RB1 last year, year before, um, you probably come to expect more from him. Um, so I think I'd be sticking with DJ as well, even though I think probably that health prognosis for Gurley looks better in the short term. So I think if you're... A DJ owner, you're either going to look to trade him for some, maybe some up-and-coming stud running back potential or you're just going to cop a couple of weeks. I mean, I personally hope the Cardinals just put him out for a couple of weeks, get him right, and then put him back in. But I don't know how many options they've got to do that. Season's winding down. We're over the halfway point. If you're going to make a move, if you're in a desperate situation, it might be the time. Um, of course, if you have any... Uh, any questions around player value, trade value, um, any theoretical trades that you'd like us to explore, don't hesitate to drop us a line um, on the website. You can leave a voice memo for us. It's anchor.fm forward slash lads fantasy. All right, let's get into our weekly look at The Wire. The Wire. 
All right, running right into the home stretch with The Wire. This is a discussion around who's still out there and available for pickup. Now, just as a reminder, we are talking specifically about our 10-team league, um, but there's definitely a few names on here who could be available in 12-team leagues as well. So the waiver wire is crucial um, at all points of the season. There are guys who are making moves, um, players who are being dropped off of other teams, um, and new names coming into the field that are starting to turn it on. Um, injuries happen as well, and so the waiver is always a time to make up for that space. So let's dive right in. Um, we're going to start with the players who we think you should be grabbing right now. Some of these names we've mentioned in the past, so if you haven't grabbed them, they've either stepped up once again. Um, so let's start at the top. Um, Christian Kirk, wide receiver for the Cardinals. He was injured for the last three weeks. But in his return game, he came away with a strong one, 13.8 points and 11 targets. That's awesome. I think that's a really good return for him. Um, why I think you should be looking at grabbing him is that the Cardinals' offense has just failed to fire with just Larry Fitzgerald as their wide receiver when he's been injured. So I think it's a good benefit for the team to have those two receivers out there, keep the offense on the ground a little bit long, be able to move the ball. So um, I think he's a great value pickup now, and I think he was he'd be a player that – could have been drafted and then dropped and picked up and dropped throughout the season. And if you're injured, especially for three weeks in a row, good chance that he's been dumped by somebody. It's a lot of wide receivers out there. Christian Kirk hasn't necessarily proven himself as being worthy of being on every single roster, especially when he's injured. So keep an eye out for him. If you see him, scoop him up. Uh, the next one we've got is a tight end, and he is a very boom or bust tight end. Uh, we are speaking, of course, about Darren Fells for the Texans. His highs are good. He's had a 13.4, a 15, and a 20.8. But Korob, the lows. Yeah, 1.4 points, 1.7, and 3.7. You're going to see that with tight ends, but that is scary. You know, it, it feels like flipping a coin uh, when you see this guy out on the field. Um, but I suppose um, the Texans' offense has been singing a different tune in the last few weeks. Um, especially with Deshaun Watson clearly starting to turn his eyes back towards the tight end, which is something he wasn't doing early on. I think the, um, the main issue that you're going to have with Darren Fowles is that just looking at the match data and who he's played up in the matchups, there's no real pattern. It's not like he's played well against the poor defense teams or you know poorly against the good defense teams. It's a little random, um, a little bit too random. But, I mean, if you're taking a hit at tight end anyway... <laughs> suppose he could be worth the roll of the dice. The, uh, the main thing is he does, he does see a few targets a game at minimum. He's going to be touchdown dependent, that's for sure. Most tight ends are, unless you're a Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz, although he's not really one to throw out right now with his recent performance. But tight end position is thin. If you see Darren Fells, he might be worth a stream and perhaps even a stash on your bench. Uh, another guy to keep an eye out on, I think we've mentioned him before, Devontae Parker. Um, he's been starting to step it up. Uh, wide receiver for the Dolphins. Um, obviously, Fitzmagic is, is starting to help. He's been seeing a, a good run in the last four weeks from the fantasy point perspective with 15, 10.3, 14, and 8.9 respectively. And he's about to go up against the Jets next week. So perhaps a guy worth streaming. Yeah, look, I mean, we're, we're heavily into the bye weeks here, so there's going to be some desperate owners out there looking uh, for, you know, a spot fix. And 
He's one of the players that could provide it to you. And like that Jets matchup is delectable, Corb. Delectable. Absolutely. Uh, especially if you've been keeping an eye on the amount of points wide receivers have been putting up against them recently. Uh, another one on the list here is Auden Tate. Tell us about him, Joel. Auden Tate is a receiver at the Bengals. Uh, he does have a week nine buy, so keep that in mind that you might not want to pick him up this week. But he has been a part of a, a now a three-headed attack at the Bengals in terms of the wide receivers and probably taking up a little bit of the Tyler Boyd potential that uh, a lot of owners would have been hoping was a lot more earlier this year. But he's been very consistent. You know, his his season so far has been 9.77, They're not massive numbers, but they're numbers. And there's no there's no numbers there under the under the seven. And I suppose in these weeks you'll take it if you ha- if if you cop that you'll you'll cop it. But at the at the end of the day, a, a fairly you know it's not a it's not a high floor. It's not a low floor. It's not a feel-good pick. It's not one that you go home and you, you tell your partner, Corb is like, oh, I got Auden Tate off the wires this week. It's a bloody exciting week. But uh, he's there. And that's what we're here for, to tell you who's there. Uh, but how about those guys who you should just keep an eye on? Um, we're not saying go out and grab them, um, but they've been on a bit of a run lately. Uh, first guy on the list, honestly for me, might be a guy worth stab- worth grabbing as well. Um, but that's Danny Amendola. So he's wide receiver for the Lions in Detroit. And he's had back-to-back weeks of 14.5 and 13.5 points. Uh, and his target share has been going up. Um, so what's happening there? 200 yards total in the last two weeks. Um, the, the Lions are a decent offense. Um, but what do you think about Danny Amendola? Look, I think that's um, it's a good option. It's a bit of a gamble. Like I think with with some of these other guys, like fourteen and a half and thirteen and a half, are some higher numbers than some of the guys that we just mentioned. But if you look at the rest of his season, he's had some trash weeks. Um, so we're just picking up on the recent trend these last two weeks. And if you want to take the punt, if you're in the, if you're in the space that you want to take the punt, and that you know you've got nothing to lose because you've already got your starting receivers pretty much set for the next few weeks, then someone like Danny Amendola is great, but he could easily come up, you know, with a three or a four next week if they uh, have an unfavorable matchup. And another guy who's in exactly the same boat is Chris Conley at the Jags. He has put up 11.8 and 18.8 in the last two weeks, both with seven targets a week and 186 total yards across the two weeks. Um, Both players that should be buyer beware, um, very much going to be being more bust, hasn't haven't put up the figures from the rest of the season to back up the recent form. But, you know, you never know. Things change. Yeah, watch the storyline. Watch the injuries. You know, there's been a couple wide receiver injuries there in Jacksonville. So definitely keep an eye on those situations. What was it? Marquise Lee as well as Dede Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that could mean Chris Conley has uh, an opening coming. Um, another one here, another wide receiver, Darius Slayton for the New York Giants. He's just come off an 18-point week. Um, with five targets and a touchdown and 50 yards. So, you know, that's not overwhelming. Um, A touchdown is great. We always love to see those. He is another wide receiver who's starting to catch the eye of Daniel Jones, who we mentioned earlier was one of the top-performing points quarterbacks of the week last week. So if he's making a turn up, watch for those wide receivers to be one of those boats rising on that tide. 
Yeah, and I think he's also benefited from, you know, injuries to Sterling Shepard and a reduced workload there as well. And then Golden Tate's also come in uh, to the Giants and has put up some reasonable figures, but I think they're kind of going for more of a committee approach on their wide receiving call there. Yeah, it makes, makes a lot of sense. We've got a couple more to throw out to you. Alex Erickson, wide receiver for the Bengals, another Bengals wide receiver. I think he's the third of the three-headed dragon that you mentioned that's going on there in Cincinnati. Um, but he's still building up. You know, he had 8.4 points two weeks ago and now 17.5. We know there's not a lot to sing about when it comes to that Bengals offense. But again, we're just looking at the trends. We're trying to give you some people who you might be wanting to keep your eye on. Um, and yeah, I would say he's definitely one of them. I, I would agree. I, you've got to keep your eye on this guy. I think one thing that you can say for teams, they're not in great winning records or positions, is that the quarterback is just looking for a receiver, someone to throw to who they can build the chemistry with. And eventually he'll find that guy, and chances are he'll probably stick with that guy. So um, this is one that's available on the waivers. Boyd Tate is on some waivers, picked up in some other leagues. Um, just need to consider you know, what Andy Dalton is doing, who he's targeting, uh, and yeah, the potential for Erickson to become, you know, a mainstay of that offense. So who are we rounding it off with? Tell if you want to gamble, Corb, if you want to throw your money out on the table and see if you've got any luck in your court whatsoever, then you might want to look at Ryan Griffin from the New York Jets. He is a tight end there. We bring this up because we know the tight end position is pretty bleak. But he put up 22.6 points with two touchdowns on the weekend. Um, obviously, Sam, Sam Darnold at QB, not an overly inspiring situation, but they're not getting a lot done through the run. They're not getting a lot done through their wide receivers. Maybe they've found an avenue to the end zone through Ryan Griffin here, Carl. Oh, I wish it sounded prettier than it looks. <laughs> but um, Ryan Griffin, we know the tight end scene is, is thin, right? 22.6 points is no laughing matter. Um, but with two touchdowns, that makes that look quite nice. But hey, I love that, that run home, as we've been saying. Right. The, the Miami Giants and Redskins to come three less than average teams you'd have to say um why not why not if you're blowing out and you're only getting three or four points at tight end every week i think it's worth a crack because like i think at this point if you haven't been able to lock down a tight end that you can rely on each week that can give you between eight and 18 points then you may as well be taking the punt because putting up three or four points at tight end that's not going to win you a game it's probably going to lose you one, if anything. Yeah, go for the home run. Take a gamble on some of these new names. Follow the trends, too. And pay attention to that run home. I think all of those things make sense. That's why Ryan Griffin made it to this list. Absolutely. Um, something that we um, we were talking a bit about before the show, Carl, was um, making sure that you're using all the available filters to you on the, the Yahoo apps. And one of the, the ones that probably gets overlooked is being able to filter the available players on the wire by their last four weeks. So you can see who the, the trending players are recently. That's how we find a lot of our list. Now, I'm not sure if it's available through all the phone apps. Sometimes you have to log in through the computer to kind of get access to some of those filters. But uh, definitely worth looking into if you, if you want to stay like one step ahead of, of the curb. Absolutely. Pay attention to the stats. Um, we've tried to throw in a few tips and tricks 
of things to be paying attention to when you make those decisions and those big moves. Um, but yeah, especially with the waiver, it's about recent performance. Uh, sometimes if you throw on that season total, a uh, lot of guys are going to be lost in the list. 100%. I think that just about wraps us up for this episode. Thank you for joining us on the Lads Fantasy Football Podcast. If you want to uh, drop us a message, have a question, anything about general fantasy, team structure, sit starts, the whole lot, you can find us at anchor.fm forward slash ladsfantasy. Uh, always love a bit of audience participation, um, so send in those questions. But until then, be bold, be strong, and most importantly, be, be football. football.